Well, today we turn to the book of Isaiah. I want to look at a few verses out of chapter 55. Uh, these words were written to people who for generations had really struggled. They had lost their homeland. They were living in a land that was not their own. Their culture, their identity, their religion, their faith, all these things were, had been under attack. And then uh, Isaiah turns and begins to speak words of comfort and encouragement to them. And we find this in Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 5. Let's be standing, please. So we hear this, the Word of God, delivered through one of His greatest servants. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. Nations that do not know you will hasten to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. May God bless the reading of his word. <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah 55 is one of those chapters for me. I know you have those chapters where God speaks directly to you. Portions of Scripture I have to kind of read and study and think a long time about to understand what's going on and, and make lessons and applications to my life. And to be quite honest, some parts of Scripture that I read sort of just go right on through me and, and I struggle at trying to remember what it said and where it said that. But then there's Isaiah 55. There's other passages like that for me. You have your passages. Several of the Psalms, Psalm 16, Psalm 23, Psalm 51, Psalm 103. Those just stay in my heart. And every time I hear those words, it's not just words, it's God. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, James chapter 1. Those are verses and scriptures that whenever I hear them read, whenever I open my Bible, my heart is cut, my heart is pricked, I'm encouraged, I'm rebuked, I'm reproved because God is speaking to me. You have those chapters as well. If you'll give Isaiah a chance, he will join those group of people that speak the Word of God to you. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 55, and all those chapters in between. This portion of Isaiah is really a very special 
thing. It's, it's called the Book of Consolations. Now, Isaiah is sort of divided up into different groups. Isaiah chapters 1 through 39, some scholars refer to that as First Isaiah. It's not designated that way in our Bibles, but it certainly is talking about something different. In, ver- in chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah is warning the people that unless they repent, that God is going to punish them, that he is going to allow their land to be destroyed, they will be carried off into captivity. But in chapter 40 through 55, years later, as the people are struggling with the fact that they were punished, that their land was destroyed, their city was destroyed, their faith has been attacked, they're living in a foreign country, now Isaiah begins to speak words of comfort and encouragement. You know chapter 40. You may not know you know chapter 40, but you do. Listen to some of chapter 40. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. She has served her term. Her penalty has been paid. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40. You know Isaiah chapter 40. I could read, I wish I could take time to read the whole chapter. Listen to this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to those of you who are faint. He gives strength to those of you who are powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the voice of God through the mouth of Isaiah. We keep reading between Isaiah chapter 40 and Isaiah chapter 55. One passage that I use a lot of times, I think I even read it recently in one of the sermons from this pulpit, but I use it a lot of times at memorial services, at funeral services, because it speaks of the comfort of God. Isaiah chapter 43, do not fear. And if there's something we need to hear God saying to us today is don't be afraid. There are so many voices in our world saying, be afraid, be afraid. Fear this, fear that. Hear the voice of God as he says, do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I know your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you have to walk through rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you are forced to walk through the fire, it will not burn you up. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One. I am the Savior. Isaiah chapter 43. As we keep looking through this book of consolations, we stumble upon some songs that are called Songs of the Suffering Servant. You know these songs. Listen to a portion of one. Surely 
He has borne our infirmities, carried our diseases, yet we account him as stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that has made us whole because it's by his bruises that we are healed. All we like sheep have just gone astray. We've all turned to our own way and done what we wanted to do. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's Isaiah. That's the voice of God. We get to chapter 55. We read the first part of it, but you know this whole chapter. Listen to what it says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall the word of God, my word, be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. My word will accomplish what I want it to accomplish. It will succeed in the very thing I sent it to do. That's Isaiah. I hope just hearing a portion of this makes you just a little thirsty, a little hungry for the Word of God. Because the text that we read in the beginning, the first part of Isaiah, that's exactly what this text is wanting us to do. This text takes us, and if we will allow it, if we'll do a little Lectio Divina, you know, just let your imagination put you inside this text, let this word pick you up and transport you and put you in the world that it's creating. The world that this text wants to take you to is an ancient marketplace. Now, how many of you have ever been to the Middle East or maybe even to Eastern Europe, uh, some places where they have these open-air marketplaces where everybody goes to buy their goods, to buy their food, You've been through one of If you haven't been through one, you've seen them in the movies, you've seen them on television, you know the concept. Walking through one of those is different from going to Dillard's, okay? It's just not the same experience. You know, you walk in Dillard's and everyone's nice and, you know, they sort of stand back. They, they might, if, if you look good enough, approach you and ask if, if you could help. If they could help you. I I used to laugh because in Tyler, uh, there was a men's store I like to shop in. And if I went on my day off with my blue jeans and a t-shirt on, not one clerk would speak to me. But but if I went on a regular day and had a a white starch shirt and a tie on, I had three or four clerks, you know, coming. But anyway, it's a little different experience walking through these agora, these marketplaces. It's loud, there's people everywhere, and the vendors are calling out to you. Hey, come over here, you, you, yeah, look, fresh meat, you know, look at my, my, the fruit here, the vegetables, come and look, come and buy, come and taste. So as you're walking through here, and all this voice, these voices are calling to you, the text of Isaiah has one voice that calls out clear. And over all the noise, you hear one voice saying, are you thirsty? Hey, you, retro man in your suit and tie, you, you in the blue shirt, you in the green dress, you in the purple shirt, you, 
Come over here. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? And you stop and you think, you know, I am thirsty. I am definitely hungry. And you begin to listen, and the voice says, you can come and eat here. You don't have to have money to buy what I have to give. Come, you can buy wine, you can buy milk. Come, eat and drink. And so you stop and you go over to this vendor. And when you get there, the vendor says something that stops you cold. He says, why is it that you're just wasting your money? Why is it that you're wasting your money buying things that's not even good to eat? Why is it that you put your hard work on the line for things that don't even satisfy you? What you need to do is analyze how you're spending your money. You need to sit down and trace it and see how it is and where your money's going and what it is that you're spending it on. I can remember as a younger man finally doing this. I didn't do it at first. I didn't do it when I first married, didn't do it when I first had a family. It was just sort of like, oh, there's a bill to pay, I'll pay this bill. Oh, we want this, I'll go buy this. And when we ran out of money, we sat around and waited for the next paycheck to come in, you know? And then finally it dawned on me that I needed to do a better job than that. I needed to figure out where that money was going. Now, if you ever take financial peace, don't you do this? Isn't this exactly what you do? You try to track where this money is going. Because what you discover when you do that is that you've been wasting money on a lot of little things that don't matter at all. And you buy this and you buy that. And before long, all the money's gone and you don't know where it went. As my mother used to say, you just frittered it away. (laughs) It's gone. Well, this voice in the marketplace is saying, you've been wasting your money. You've been buying food that wasn't bread, and you've been spending your labor on things that don't satisfy. Well, we know immediately that this voice is not talking about paper money, and it's not really talking even about physical food. What it's talking about is our life, and asking us a very serious question. You have a limited amount of time and energy that's been given you as a gift of God. Where are you spending it? Do you just throw a little here and a little there, and it just passes by? Are you spending your life on what doesn't really matter, and what isn't really food, and what doesn't really satisfy? You know, we live at an amazing time. We live in a time where we have the whole world's food supply at H-E-B and Albertsons and whatever store we choose to shop at. You can walk in those stores and you can choose any and all kinds of food to eat. And most of us make enough money that we can buy just about any of that that we want. And yet we know, based on what we hear and what we experience, that most of us, most of the time, don't make real good choices, do we, in what we eat. We can eat better than any people has ever lived can eat. We can eat more healthy than anybody that's ever been alive because we can make those choices. We have the money, the food's available, and yet so oftentimes we spend our time eating junk. 
I do. I said this to first service. When I said that, they all look at me like, well, maybe you do, but I don't. There's some of you that don't. Some of you are very conscious about what you eat. But the vast majority of this nation is not, are we? We did rather eat the stuff that's fast, the stuff that really tastes good, and there it goes. We're the same way with our time. Do you realize that as a nation, as a people, we have more leisure time, we have more income, we have more education than any people that's ever lived? We can use this great resource of our lives for the very best things possible. We can use this gift of time and life that God has given us to do the things that really matter. And this voice in the marketplace is saying, you need to think about what you've been doing with it. Where are you spending it? Where is it all going? Well, what is he trying to sell us? What is he trying to get us to do? Well, if we keep reading, if we look in verse 2, the second half of the verse, well, let's read first. He says, why do you spend your money for what is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. What you need to do is listen. Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. How? Incline your ear. Come to me. Listen so that you may live. Now we're back where we started from. That's why we started out this whole thing talking about all these wonderful portions of God's Word. Because what this passage is calling us to is to actually spend some of our lives listening to God. To take a significant portion of this wonderful gift of time that he's given us, incline our ears, listen to him. Out of all the voices that are calling to us throughout the world, how often do we spend time just letting him speak to us? Well, what will happen if we do that? What will happen if we really become a people who honestly listen to God and spend enough time and say, you know, I'm going to give you this hour just to hear what you have to say to me today. I'm going to open your word. I'm going to find one of these mountaintop passages. I'm just going to listen to you talk to me. I'm going to sit here in solitude and quietness and see what it is that you have to say to my heart. Or is the gift of each day spent here and there and busy in this? Well, what happens whenever we start spending our lives more wisely? If we continue and look, it says in this passage, it says, If you'll do this, I will make a covenant with you. I will have a relationship with you. I don't know if any of the rest of you have ever been through a time in your life where you felt like God was a long ways away and you weren't really in touch with him. That can happen very easily. If we don't know his voice. If when we're walking through the marketplace of life, all we hear are all the other voices and never hear his. We will hear the voice of God if we've spent some time listening to him before. If we've carved out our lives and spent our lives wisely, letting him speak to us. He goes on to talk about a purpose he will give us. And he talks about the promises that were given to David and how those promises that were given to David are really given to us and that he will give us something to do and something to be that will really matter. 
Later on, Paul, the Apostle Paul, chose portion of this in one of his sermons in Acts chapter 13 when he's preaching in the synagogue at Antioch of Pisidia. And he says, you know all those things that were promised to David? They were really promised to you. And that's why we need to go back and listen and hear what it is that God wants to do with us and for us. For the purpose he has for our lives. For the relationship. As we walk along, I hope today, you haven't just heard my voice. But in these readings and in this time of quietness, as you stopped and slowed down a little bit, you've heard the voice of God calling, come. Over here, come. Those of you who are hungry, those of you who are thirsty, come, drink, and eat. Let's stand and sing.